This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Morning, are you all well? Oh, good. You look fab, by the way. You do? All right. Yes, just a bit of a compliment that I'm giving you. You all look amazing. Now, listen, the last twice I've spoken... I've spoken of Daniel, and it was about the path of purpose and the path of love, and how the path of purpose is that God is faithful and honourable and always there. He doesn't give up on us. And the path of love is that, you know, his love, perfect love, love at its most holy and perfect is sacrificial and redemptive. And the whole sort of thing is summed up in that verse from Matthew Matthew 22, where Jesus says, you know, you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and you love your neighbour as who? as yourself so that is our template that is our perfect blueprint for how we are meant to live and how we are meant to love so in order to sort of round all of that bit up and I have to say I think we've had some amazing words in this church over the last couple of weeks as well if you weren't here last week and that's available on podcast I'm sure please 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 listen to that word that Claire Hooper brought because it was remarkable wasn't it and sort of just was a word from God for this church as has every word been over the last few months and forever you know we've had pastor david waters come in haven't we and the stuff that he is bringing is so powerful you know this is all about god's people inhabiting the destiny that god has planned for us what god is saying to us is church if you've got an i've got to not be here you know because what i want to say is if you've got a year to year right if you've got a year to year let him year right if you have an ear to hear then by all means, listen up, isn't it? Is what God is saying is, I have planned a path for you. Yes, we are all here as a church, but I have planned a path for you, for you and you alone. You are my child and I love you. Now, if you would do as I just have asked you to do, you would walk out that destiny in my name and your destiny is waiting for you. And God, he just wants you to do that. Does that make sense? There is nothing greater than this. There is no, you know, um, there's no pop party poppers going off and confetti cannons. There's no ticker tape parade for us. It's just doing what God has asked us to do. And if God has asked you to do something 25 years ago and he hasn't asked you to do something different, carry on doing what he asked you to do 25 years ago. You with me? So today I just want to talk about how loved we are, how much God loves us, So that informs our love of other people and ourselves, because that's really important as well. It's really hard to love other people truly if you're not really aware of how loved you are so you don't love you. Yeah? Yeah. Does does that make sense? Good. Excellent. Pack your stuff up and go. There we are. I'm done. No. Okay. So we're going to kick off. Okay. So I've got four points. Just four points, no sub-points. I promise there is not one sub-point today. I've been really, really firm with myself. I really have. So point number one, I just want us to understand how God loves us. Now listen, there are books written on this stuff. There are podcasts on this stuff. There's a million and one stuff on this stuff that you can get hold of wherever you go. So all I'm bringing you today is what God has laid on my heart, okay? So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, she left that bit out and that bit out and that bit out, that's great because you know that stuff. Come talk to me about it after. But what I've got for you today is just four points. You all right? Point one. Write this down or just remember it. I don't know. Okay. God has no conditions to his love. Amen. I'm not telling you rocket science stuff here this morning. If I say anything, you go, oh, flipping heck. 
I didn't know that. Great, that's something new, isn't it? If you don't know, you didn't know. But I am not going to tell you stuff. But what we need is a new awareness of how much God loves us to inform and change the way we do our lives with each other, with ourselves, and with the world at large. And this as well will change our relationship with God. Do you understand? Because what we need is a full and loving, engaged and attentive relationship with God. It all starts from him and comes down and then we pour it out on other people. His mercy and compassion is infinite. Infinite. It is boundless and it has no end. I have so many scriptures for you this morning. And I make no apology for it because reading the Bible on a Sunday is marvellous. Right, here we go. Lee, can we put the first one up? Poor Lee. Lee's got... Fingers like this this morning. Okay, so I'm going to read this out. Here we go. How do we get saved? Who gets saved? Remember, there are no conditions. So when God applies no conditions to the love he shows to people, we are not allowed to either. Yeah? So all of those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen and amen. Amen. So let me just read a little bit further around that in Romans, okay? Because that's Romans 10, 13. But here we are, all right? Anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Yeah? Agree? Agree? Because this is the word of God. Do you agree? Right. Anyone. Okay, where am I? I've got a bit ranty. For it is with your heart that you should believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I believe maybe that there are some of us stood here this morning who believe in Jesus Christ but have not called upon his name to be saved. We need to call afresh upon the name of the Lord to be saved. You see, God planned our salvation, but it is Jesus Christ who accomplishes it. And the Holy Spirit who then applies it to our lives. Those three components are essential for a life lived wholly and freely in God. Amen. Would you agree? That there is no division between the Trinity. Bits of it cannot be broken. Only once in history was the Trinity dissolved. As Jesus hung on the cross. That was the only time there was a break in the Trinity. So as Christians, we inhabit the whole of that love that is coming down from the triune God, the three-in-one God. Yes? Yes. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is not divisible from himself because he is holy and great. Amen. And in our lives, he should not be divided. So we can't say we love God but have nothing to do with Jesus. And we can't say we love Jesus but pay no mind to the Holy Spirit in our lives. So all of that, that's how loved you are. Do you understand? This is not a condemnatory message this morning. This is full-on encouragement and gospel. That's how loved you are. You can partake in the whole blessings of heaven through the trinity of the most high God. Holy moly. Who wants a bit of that? Who wants a bit of that? But it all starts with one act. You call upon the name of the Lord and save me. <laughs> Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. If that needs to happen afresh today, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, friend. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. If we need to be in a new place 
a new and refreshed place of compassion and mercy from the Most High God, then call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. He is attentive to the cries of his people. If you call upon him, he will not say, come back in five minutes, I'm a bit busy. You know? He will not say, do you know what? I've seen everything you've done. I've seen everything you've done to date. I know every rotten thought you've had. I know every terrible thing you've done. I saw the backslide in Andrea. And I know everything you're going to do in the future. Every single thing. Good, bad, indifferent, fabulous, awful. I know it all, Andrea. I see it all. And yet, I fix my love upon you. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Our God is mighty to save church. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. He sees it all. He has seen the beginning and the end. And yet, yet he fixes his love upon us as the apple of his eye. Yeah? When God opens his wall, it is a picture of you in there. You get it? That's how loved you are. He doesn't turn his back. He doesn't shy away. He doesn't go. There are no conditions to how loved you are by God. So, that said, we shouldn't be imposing conditions on our love either, should we? So, this is true unconditional love. We say it. I've got unconditional love for my children. But when he comes home at half past four in the morning, it's slightly more strained. You know, I've got unconditional love for my co-workers until they do something that really annoys me. I've got unconditional love for my parents until... The point is this. Unconditional love means just that. We don't apply conditions to it. The agenda placed upon love is this. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you love your neighbor as you love yourself. That is the only agenda we now place on love. Yeah? There is no any other business when it comes to love. Because there is no any other business when it comes to God's love. He doesn't present you with a, a sheet of love and then go, but at the bottom, Andrew, there's a few caveats. Carry on playing up. I might withdraw my love. You know, he doesn't say that. He never will say that. He never will say that. He will always have his eye fixed upon you in his infinite, wonderful, death-defying love. He loves you. And there is no condition in heaven or hell that will change that. Amen! We get in there? Oh, let's click our heels and just go dancing together or something because this is marvellous stuff, isn't it? This is just a reminder. But for some of you, if you haven't heard or felt this for a long time, I'm begging you, I'm begging you in the name of Jesus, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Because our heads are saying, I believe in Jesus, but your heart is far from him. Right? So if my heart is far from Jesus, Jesus can't do anything for me. I have no Holy Spirit inside me to empower me and get me through my day. The reason I'm breathing, watch this, that's from God. That's from God. Isn't that amazing? I'm not being trite or complacent. You could stop it right now. You'd all be thrilled. Imagine that, you know. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You do exist. You know, but look, from God. And we take that for granted, don't we? Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. But I want the power that got Jesus out of the grave inside of me. Yes, 
I want the same power that got Jesus out of the grave to show to his disciples, here I am. I am he that liveth, that liveth, that was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and Hades in my hand. Oh, do you understand? Do you know why this is so important? Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, rescued, plucked out of deepest, darkest hell. Yes. I'm not saying it'll all be sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and cupcakes. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, says Jesus, for I have overcome the world. Amen. There's no condition to his love. There's no condition to his love for you. Let's make that really individual today. There is no condition to Jesus' love for me, for you, for you, for you, for you. Own it. Let's start to own that love. The unconditional force of his love. Amen. Oh, we might whiz through this, you know. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Right, number two. There is no hierarchy when it comes to Jesus' love. You all get that? He doesn't love some more than others? No, no. But it's more than that. We all know. We said, oh, there we are. That's nice. There's no one, you know, that he loves more. There's no one that he loves less. But listen to Psalm 91. I love Psalm 91. I may find it. Leah didn't tell you this one because it would be really, really long. And I just feel people need to hear my voice more. That's the truth of it. I've got the mic. You all can just sit right there. You ready? I wish I had a really lovely reading voice like Sally. In house group, we're like that. Uh, and now it's time to read out the scripture. Sally, you do it. Because we just all sit there going, oh, it's so delightful. Whereas mine, I know, is a bit shrill, like a harpy. But you know what? We all have our cross to bear, don't we? And today, yours is to listen to me. Here we go. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. There's no hierarchy here. Even creatures in heaven and hell have no influence on what God does for us. There is nothing in this world that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And God is saying, all you have to do, all you have to do is make me your fortress. 
is make me your refuge, is make me your dwelling place, is make me your shelter. I'm your first port of call in a storm. I'm your first port of call in sunshiny days. I'm at the mountaintop. I'm in the valley. I am everywhere with you. When disaster befalls, I'm right there. When you're having the time of your life, I'm right there. But if you call upon my name and acknowledge me, do you know what? I've got you. Amen. And there's no hierarchy to that, whether you're a prince or a pauper. Yes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's gone before. He sees it all and has fixed his love upon you. We know that that's unconditional. And now he says, I don't put anyone before you. I don't put angels before you. He doesn't put angels in heaven, circling the throne, crying out holy, holy, holy before us. We are the apple of his eye. His hierarchy is infinite, isn't it? He could decimate us. We're just a handful of dust, isn't it? He could start all over again if he wanted. He could go, well, this has been a shambles, people. All the best. Anybody want an ark? Not this time. You know, he could do that. He could end it. But he doesn't because he loves us so much. And he gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I am mindful. You know, you read about Christ on the cross. Think about that thief right next to Jesus on the cross, who breathing his last said, leave him alone. He's the son of God. Will you just remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says, you will be with me today in paradise. Right at that moment, hanging on the cross, there is nothing God won't do to save people. The heart of God is that none would perish. And that should be ours as well. So we don't apply hierarchy to how we love people or what we say about God to people. Oh, they're already Christian. I don't need to talk about Jesus with them. You need to talk about Jesus with Christians. Do you get me? You need to talk about God with God's people. That's how we stay on the right path. That's how iron sharpens iron. Or is it steel sharpens steel? I can't remember. Something sharpens something else. Right? That's how we do it. By talking to each other about how good our God is. And not forgetting to each other how good our God is. The saints need to be at the vanguard of this movement of Jesus. And if we don't remember how good God is, how do we expect other people to know that? Do you understand? It's in our best interests to share about God in our lives with each other as well as with people who don't know him. Got it? So we need to be going, guess what God's done for me this week? Guess what God's done for me? Helen was sharing with me yesterday. Guess what God's done for her this week? High five, God. It's amazing stuff. It's real stuff. It's God going, you know, even those tiny, minute details of your life you think nobody else sees and are too trivial to bother with, watch me act. Watch me act. And people will go, well, how did that happen? It is supernatural. But if you tell me, I am encouraged. Because the nature of our God is unconditional. He's non-hierarchical. So when he blesses you, I rejoice with you. Hallelujah. Not, well, why is he blessing them, not me? Why is he blessing them, not me? Because my blessing is in heaven. Anyway, I am blessed by the Most High God. By this, just that. That's a blessing. I've got breath in my lungs, that's a blessing. So when you celebrate, I celebrate with you. When you mourn, I mourn with you. When you're hurt, I'm hurt with you. Why? Because we share this stuff. Yes? And when we are one and united in that way, 
we are galvanized as a community of believers who then have authority with each other to be accountable to each other. Always remembering that God is the most high and we are accountable to him. But then we have power to take the word of God out. Do you see? Because for too long, people call churches hypocrites, don't they? Don't they? Come on, you've heard it. They call people who love God hypocrites. Why? Because they do one thing and say another. But we need to be all be accountable to each other, understanding that God is for us, not against us. Because if he's for you, why would he be against me? Well, he wouldn't be, would he? Because we know his love is unconditional and has no hierarchy. So God doesn't look and say, well, she's dressed a bit funny today, so I'm absolutely not going to bless her. Is he? Did you have breakfast? No blessing for you. You know, we trivialize the glory of God, don't we? We trivialize the glory of God by saying he was whole's blessing. That's how we trivialize the glory of God. We think he's so mean and mealy-mouthed, there's no way he'd bless me if I've done wrong. And I'm so gutted if he blesses someone I don't want him to bless. We do that, and we trivialize the glory of God when we do it. Do you understand? God is beyond all of that. <laughs> God is so big. He really is quite big. Well, actually, he's very big. Not quite big. I can't think of anything bigger. You know? So he is beyond all of that. And he's like, you know what? It's not your place to worry about who I'm blessing and not blessing. You just love me. Yeah? That's all God says. You just love me because the truth is this. I was praying about this word and thinking about it and waiting on God for it. And this thing came to me. And it's probably been said a hundred times. I don't know if there's anything new under the sun, but this came to me. The truth is, as human beings, when we know that this massive love for God exists and is real and should inhabit our world, the truth is this, friends, and take this as I mean it now, as somebody who's in this boat with you. We only really love as much as the person we love the least. That's how big our love is. If we are apportioning love, but we're not extending it to someone very much, that's how much we love. It isn't this person who's really easy to love and we love lots. That's not how big our love is. This is how small our love is. <laughs> right? That's the reality of love in our life. If I don't love everyone, then I don't love at all. Do you understand? That's massive, isn't it? And I know when God said that, I said, I can't share that. I'm not sharing that. That's really terrible. You need to let me process that for about four years, Lord. Because, you know, I need to change. I need to change. Please. And that's where repentance comes in. Because God says, yeah, all right. Now I've told you, do it. And we repent. A heart that's repentant and says, I will love as God has loved me. And that hurts sometimes. And it isn't fair sometimes. But that is not my choice to make. Do you understand? It's not my choice to make who gets loved and who doesn't get loved. It's not my choice to make who gets to hear about Jesus and who doesn't hear about Jesus. It's not my choice. Because God says, you love me with all your heart. <laughs> Here we go. I know, banging on, right? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But you love your neighbor as you love yourself, Andrea. And let me tell you, there's no one I love more than me. <laughs> Straight up, I love me lots. I think I'm awesome. <laughs> Some of you might disagree. I couldn't care less. Genuine, I love me. Why? Because it's in my best interest to love me. Because then I make good choices for me. Right? Another word for that is selfish. Yeah? Because it's about me. It's about me. Church, it's about me. 
So do love me as much as I love me. So that's what we want, isn't it? I want people to love me as much as I love me without recognising that actually what I need to do is love people as much as I love me. It's the total opposite. It's a total 180 with God. It's like, yeah, Andrea, you know what? Wouldn't it be fabulous if everybody loved you as much as you loved you? But actually what I want is for you to love people as much as you love you. So the only love, the only bigness of my love is as much as the person I love the least. So it's in my best interests to worship God and learn to love more. And that's a prayer God answers, by the way. Watch him put you in the path of some very unlovable situations. <laughs> Lord, teach me to love more. Oh, good, excellent, Andrea, watch this. And you're like, oh, are you joking? Are you joking, God? Are you joking, God? No, oh, right, awesome. So, you know, and you have to do it. So what? Pray those prayers. Pray brave prayers. Pray unselfish prayers. Pray prayers that increase your faith, that increase your love, that increase your humility. Oh, nobody wants that, do they? But pray those prayers, because God's going, then I'm in charge. I'm in charge, and I love you, so I am never going to let you be humiliated. Do you see? Because this scripture, that psalm, doesn't stop being true when we put other people first. Do you understand? God doesn't then go, and you put everybody else first, and then I won't have to. You can stand on cobras, and they'll bite you. Amen. There we go. It's all over. He goes, do you know what? Put people first, and watch me elevate you. And that doesn't mean fame. It doesn't mean fortune. It means co-heirs with Christ. <laughs> it means more than conqueror. It means your cup overflows. Because God doesn't do anything by half. Right? His peace passes understanding. You watch that. You do things for other people. You watch God lift you up in your peace. Yeah? You, watch your, you fight battles for other people. You watch God make you more than a conqueror. Yeah? You want to walk along the paths of righteousness? It means going through the valley of the shadow of death. But God will not be shortchanged by you or by anyone. So when we do for other people, that's when God says, no, you won't hurt your feet. Watch this. You won't need shoes. Walk through snakes. You won't need shoes. He just lifts you up in that for his glory and namesake, not ours. Yes? Isn't this brilliant? Not that I'm brilliant. I am brilliant. But you know what I mean? His love has no condition. It has no hierarchy. So number three. Oh, my gosh. How long have I been? Don't worry about it. Okay. There are no limits to God's love. Yeah? There are no limits to the love he showed us. Ruth, no, no Ruth, you're there. Lee, Ruth, put the scripture up. <laughs> Lee, the one from Romans. So this is Romans 8. A lot of Romans. I love Romans. I love Paul's writing. Do you love Paul's writing? Paul only ever writes two things, you know? Only ever writes two things. Christ is the way, heaven is our end. Isn't that brilliant? Christ is the way, heaven is our end. That's what he writes. All the time, all the time. And his passion for people is that they would get that. Do you know what I mean? How much did he love people that he would keep saying, now you've got this a tiny bit wrong, but that's okay because you are so loved, but it's about Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yeah? Oh, I love it. Anyway, here we go. Okay. So there's no limits to his love. But that's obvious, isn't it? Because he died and rose again. So not even death limits God. So why do we limit God? Why do we limit God? We think there are things in our lives that we've done that means he will never come back from that. I've done too much. I've pushed him too far. I've pushed the buttons too far. And God goes, do you know what? I, I, I can make dead people live again in my name's sake. There's nothing you've done that I can't start out. But listen to this. This scripture, I know it's, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know it's super famous. 
and we love it, but this is, I love it. What then shall we say in, res in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So you can be beaten and humiliated. You can be broken down. Your heart may feel like it is just a bit dusty and old and worn out at the knees. You may feel like you can't go on another day. You may feel like you can't face another drama. You may feel like you can't face another trauma. You may feel like you can't face another slanging match or another argument or another funny look or anything. But God says, Do you know what? That is nothing, nothing compared to my love. Because nothing can separate you from my love. That is in Christ Jesus, who died for us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Do you understand what he's doing? Do you understand what this is? Do you understand what this is? Our debt is paid. It is paid in full. So when Jesus hung on the cross, the devil presented him with an itemized bill of every wrong thing we had ever done before, during, and after our lives, all of it. And with his dying breath, Jesus tore it up and said, paid in full. It is finished. It is finished, church. So when the devil drips his poison into your heart and minds in the dead of night, whispering his accusations, because he is a liar and an accuser of the brethren. So when he comes to you, dripping his poison into your heart, you say to him, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has done it all. He has died for me. He rose again. He says I am forgiven. And he is right now in heaven praying for me. So you know what, devil? Do one. Because this is what happens. And it doesn't come as a demon with horns and cloven feet. It comes as whispered accusations, as whispered little voices, as seeds that get planted in your heart of resentment and bitterness and unjust behavior. You know what? I have been wronged. I am aggrieved. You know what? We need to hand all of that over to God, don't we? And have only his seeds of peace and love and joy and fruitfulness and patience and long-sufferingness. All of those things within us. You know when Abraham was promised Isaac? Do you know how long he had to wait for Isaac to be born? 25 years. 25 years. Now he meld a bit. It's a nasty word, meld. Right? He messed about a bit and tried to do things his own way and got it wrong. But in that time... 
In that time, he waited on a God who said, your descendants will be as the sand on the shore and the stars in the heaven. Now you just do what I want you to do. And Abraham did it and it was credited to him as righteousness. Amen. All God is asking us to do is what he's asked us to do. Yeah? All God has asked us to do is what he's asked us to do. So in that time, there is nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God is in Christ Jesus during that wait. Waiting is hard. Patience is hard. Love is hard fought sometimes. Do you know what? Jesus doesn't mind if we've got dirty fingernails. We have to fight for love sometimes, don't we? We have to fight for peace, which is such a contradiction in terms. But we do. It means standing firm when a battle is raging around you. And you go, no, I will not react as the world wants me to react. I will react as Christ Jesus will react and say, bless them, Father, for they know not what they do. We're not told to not love people. We're told to pray for our enemies, church. Do you understand? We're told to pray for people. And specifically for our enemies and for people who despitefully use you. I love that. But pray for them. And don't just pray for them. You pray, play, pray blessing for them. Now, isn't that so counterintuitive? But that's the topsy-turvy world of the kingdom of God, friends. Where we would say, Lord God, punish them. Amen. And God goes, no, 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 no. I don't answer that prayer. And actually, when you pray that prayer, your heart gets tinier. Your heart gets smaller. Now, pray a prayer of a conqueror. Pray a prayer of someone who is more than a conqueror. Pray a prayer of someone who is a co-heir with Christ. Pray a prayer of someone who has been plucked out of deepest, darkest hell. Pray a prayer of someone who Christ has redeemed and forgiven, even though we didn't deceive it. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, pray a prayer from that standpoint, Andrea. And it is, Lord God, (laughs) you bless them. Show me how I can bless them. Put me in a position where I can bless them. Put them in a position where we can have dialogue. You know what? It changes. It changes the atmosphere of the heavenlies around us. And God is going there, listening to Jesus, going, yeah, 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 I hear you. Do you understand? The power we have at our disposal that we trivialize and make tiny. Every thought should be taken captive for Christ. Yeah? Every single thought should be taken captive for Christ. Every breath, every word belongs to him. So let's be in a place where we aren't limiting the love that we give to other people because God does not limit the love he gives us. This is death-defying, over the top. Oh, I love that. I'm going to read this again. Okay? Nor in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's get brave. Let's be brave together. Let's do this. Okay, so point four. We're coming to the end. Oh, cake looms. Cake awaits. Don't worry. Everyone, we're nearly there. Right. This is another thing. How does God love us? God has deep pockets when it comes to blessing those he loves. So we might be in a place where we don't see any blessing, where we don't feel there's any blessing, where we feel shortchanged by God. But I want us to remember a few things. These might be, these could legitimately be described as subpoints, but I've actually incorporated them into point four. So they aren't subpoints. They're one cohesive point. Thank you for your 
grateful attention right now. Mm. God is no man's debtor. Can we put the verse from Romans 11.35? He owes us nothing. You understand? Do you understand? God owes us nothing. We've done nothing, 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 nothing to deserve any blessing from God. Nothing. Zero, as they say in Welsh schools. But listen to this. This doxology, this prayer, right at the end of Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing our own. Who has known the mind of our Lord? Oh, who has been his counsellor? Who has give, ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. He owns the blessing, church, and he gives it out of his love, mercy, and compassion to those who deserve it not. Amen. <laughs> you are blessed. By what? By God's judgment. No, we don't want to think about that, but amen. God's wisdom. God's love. God's counsel, everything is what, that's what we are blessed with. So when we want material blessing, Jesus says quite clearly in the Bible, you want material blessing, you want money, you'll have it, but that's all you'll have. You want the praise of men, you can have it, but that's all you'll have. You can have all of that showy stuff if you want. If that's the only blessing you desire, you can have all of that if you want. But rather, let's have hearts that go, no, I want you, Lord God, before anything else. I want you above everything else. And I want you through everything else. And then God goes, do you know what? I can trust you with a little bit of all the other stuff now as well. But it doesn't matter. You know, God is no man's debtor. And he's not unjust. We think of him sometimes as a mealy-mouthed God. That's how he wants to be portrayed. As someone who doesn't come through on his promises. As someone who isn't fair. But in Hebrews 6, can we put that up, Lee? He recognizes faithful service. God recognizes the faithful service of a servant heart. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. That is a promise from God. He, men may never affirm you in the way you want to be affirmed. Friends, let's get our heads around that. We might never have people walking up to us and flinging our arms around us and patting us on the back and saying, oh, aren't you marvellous and terrific and wonderful? Nobody does it like you. Oh, my days, nobody does it like you. You're so brilliant. But God in heaven sees everything you do for him and his people. Amen. So let's question that bit of ourselves that needs affirmation, that needs people to see what we're doing, that needs people to respond to what we're doing, that needs... You know what? There is a real, real problem with my relationship with God if I rely on your praise more than pleasing him. If I rely on you more than I rely on God, you know what? Hebrews 6 is brilliant. Please read Hebrews 6 because it goes on to say this, you know? He's no man's debtor and he is not unjust. Why? Because God, when God makes a promise, do you know what he promises with? Himself. He says, I promise, I will. Read all the Old Testament where he's having chats with, you know, the patriarchs and all those people. He says, I am, I will. I am, I will. I am, I will. I am, I will. He promises by his own word. All of us take oaths. I swear before Almighty God that the evidence I shall give, you know. We always swear an oath to someone higher. God can't do that because there is no one higher. So when God swears an oath, he swears it to himself. And he swears it and promises out of his divine nature. Those two things are unchanged and unchangeable. So when God makes a promise, it is unchanged and unchangeable. Do you understand? 
So if God has promised, he'll come through on it. Why? Because he's not a liar. He can't lie. He won't lie. So if he has promised you something according to his own glorious name and his divine nature, it will come to pass. You may have to wait. We may have to wait. But there is, there is a pleasure and a purpose and a joy in the waiting if we are waiting for the Most High God to show us and himself. Amen. If we are waiting for the Most High God to deliver on his promise, then the time with which we are waiting should be spent in praise and worship of the Most High God because he's coming and he will not tarry a day. That's what the Bible says and he won't be late. He won't be late. He won't be delayed. So when he comes with his fulfilled promise, let's be ready and waiting. Let's be ready and waiting. I don't want to miss out on a promise fulfilled because my eye was taken off the ball because I was being a bit, you know, a bit grumpy about waiting. Or I wasn't doing what I should be. It just want to be a place of utter gratitude and joy and love and service for God and for people waiting for him to deliver on his promise and go, there you go. I told you I wouldn't let you down. Now what are you going to do about that? And what you do, you just thank him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is no limit to his love and there is no limit to the blessing of the people who love him. But all of these things come to us with one initial call. We call upon the name of the Lord and we are saved in his infinite mercy, in his infinite compassion, in his infinite love. He releases captives. He restores the brokenhearted. He heals the sick. He restores. He forgives sin and cancels it as though it had never happened. He elevates us to co-heirs with Christ and he says, now you have eternal life with me and your sins are no more. He is a good, good father, church. He is a good, good God. And he will never not be good because he can't not be good. So when we are about our business, remembering to love people, we will be in a place that says, but first I remember how loved I am. So as we go about our business, as we go about our daily grind, please, I urge you, in the infinite love that is pouring over you, would you own it? Would you be grateful for it? Would we take it into our hearts and say, this is a love that defied death for me? And then, when we have owned it and recognized it and inhabited it, then... We show it to other people, to the glory of God the Father, through Jesus Christ, his Son. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 59